sacred rituals, and a cosmic community to enchant your mystical life. This podcast feels like soulful conversations by the fire and under the desert stars. As if you are hanging with your best friends, talking about purpose, the cosmos, and the divine journey we are all on. My name is Anna Alic, and this is the Topanga Moon Podcast. podcast. If you are new to this space, welcome. I'm so happy you're here. I'm just so excited to bring you along on this journey. Welcome you to this moon-loving community. How are you all, my moon loves? It's been a little while since I've been on the podcast doing a solo episode. And uh, did you miss me? (laughs) I took a break last week just because, you know, during this time, I think we need to really tune into what our soul needs, our body needs, uh, go with our intuition, go with our intention. And the last episode I had with Amanda Huggins was so incredible that I really wanted you to have an opportunity to listen to that and go back to any other episodes and just take a week off, which has been really nice. A couple updates from me and my world. Um, Not much, I guess, as everyone else is is in the same position. We're just at home and really um, taking this time, taking this collective pause. I've been using this time to really go deep and do the inner work. And I know that that's a common thing that a lot of people are also doing. And I think it's super essential, especially because we're given the time and the freedom to do that. I've been really into Dr. Joe Dispenza's work, as I've mentioned on the podcast before. I think it just really connects to me the strongest with my science background and my mystical side. And I think that he really combines those two elements in such a beautiful, strong way that for me, it just clicks, you know, and like there could be another modality that really works for you. But for me, it's been his meditations every single day. I think I've, I've done them every day now for three weeks. I even started a book club with my friend Britt and we're getting into his book called Becoming Supernatural. Um, it's blowing my mind. I'm just so into reading it and we're doing notes and, and going to be sharing them with each other. And then we just started a journal for our meditations. And it's a really beautiful practice to have an accountability partner, someone that um, you can exchange information with and talk about all the concepts with and just really keep you on track to the work and I've been loving it I mean I know that I would be listening to his book while well, I'm listening to it I'm not reading it <laughs> um, regardless because all of his work is just resonates with me so strongly so if you have something that you're really drawn to right now this is such a beautiful time to go inwards so I've been doing that I've been um I took like a tiny break off of Instagram which I'm going to continue I think for two weeks just because I found myself comparing so much that I wanted to 
do the meditations and also have a clear mind and practice the principles within the book without any extra noise. So I'm trying that out for two weeks and just and just to see how I feel after that. And and it's already been freeing up so much time and I'm feeling so good and I can maintain my high vibes throughout the day. So I've been loving it. It's been really nice. So if you do want to contact me in any way, email is really the best way because <laughs> I'll check my email. But right now on Instagram, I mean, I'm going to pop on just to promote this podcast episode but I'm yeah and then also what else have I been doing oh I've been really looking into van life like for real and I'm gonna probably talk about this in a whole podcast episode on its own but really watching so many people's uh, YouTube videos on van life and construction and I've been looking at you know, Kijiji every day and, and any, like just keeping up with sales of like what vans are on sale. And I think I've narrowed down what kind of van I want, but that's the next, I think, evolution of where my life is heading, um, will be like a van build. So I'm really excited about that. If you have done van living or are also interested in it or want to talk to me about it, send me an email. I'd love to just get all the details and and chat about this really cool, amazing way of living. And it's, I really see it as like a very free way of living and an ability to really connect to the planet and explore and really feel in tune with the rhythms of the earth. And that really leads to today's topic. It's earth consciousness. Does our earth have a conscious? Conscience. Conscience. <laughs> Sometimes I don't know how to say that word. But today is Earth Day. Today is Earth Day. So if you're listening to this podcast on the day of its release, it's Earth Day, and it's also the new moon in Taurus, which is such a beautiful combination that we have Earth Day and the new moon, and the new moon is all about setting intentions and really cultivating your manifestations, and such a beautiful day to do ritual and think about the intention that you want for the coming month. And it's on Earth Day, so I think this is such a potent time to set intentions for our planet, for ourselves, for our symbiotic nature within the planet. And Taurus is ruled by the element Earth, also by Venus. Um, It is such a grounding, beautiful, earthy sign. Like, it couldn't have been more better matched having Earth Day and the new moon in Taurus. Uh, It also is all about romance and beauty. Taurus just likes to have beautiful things around them and to have a cozy, comfy, just home life. And they are all about stability and, and planning and they kind of get things done and they have goals. They're just a really grounding source of energy. So that is such a beautiful energetic to lead you into your rituals and intentions using that Taurus energy especially if it revolves around the home and the things you want to cultivate like the really core elements of your nature and how you want to work within 
the the planet and for me kind of an example would be my intention of of van life and manifestations for that and and that this seems like the perfect sign to set an intention for that so I love that do a little ritual tonight or even in a couple days if you if you don't listen to this on the day of you can still use the energy of the new moon in Taurus which is so beautiful I love it it's amazing it's such a cool combination so I want to get into today's podcast episode it is a solo episode and I'm going to be talking about earth consciousness and what that means and how the earth has its own mind and and its own thinking and how we're connected to that whole grid of energy and it's a topic that I was doing a lot of research on and I thought it would be so cool to talk about earth consciousness on earth day I mean this is a day that we should show reverence to our planet and just really show our gratitude and implement more ways that we can work within nature and help it thrive and get into that rhythm and that beautiful giving of to our planet that is so needed right now the the things that we can do on our daily basis and and a you know a long-term way of uh, slowing down our global warming just healing our planet as a collective and I'm going to get into what that means in an earth consciousness way and how our consciousness really is affecting our planet in such a big way um, beyond the material side of it beyond the physical and it's it's a really big <laughs> concept I know but we're gonna get into some really cool things about earth consciousness and, and kind of how it started in the term and all the history around it and I really have always loved mixing the science with the metaphysical I mean I, I came from a science background I'm a double Gemini I love knowledge I love learning so much about um, everything and every topic so and then I have this like beautiful mystical side this connection to the divine this spiritual inclination for myself and bridging those two concepts bringing them together I think is the best way to really understand our planet and our place in it all and I love that I found some scientists which I'm going to talk about who also bridge that mysticism with the scientific backings and research Um, and I love that combination so we are gonna get into it so the mystical elements of our planet earth consciousness does the earth think that is the big question for today's podcast does the earth think is it really alive I mean my intuition and and feelings and connection to the planet I'm gonna say yes I think everything in the universe is alive I think we're all part of this universal consciousness I think the earth can feel us and we can feel the earth and we are all a part of this oneness this one mind um so think about the sea of information that we are submerged in all the time you know so what is that information you're getting all the time your thoughts your ideas your ambitions your visualizations well they're all waves of energy we're made up of 99.9 percent energy and 
so is the planets and we're we're actually made of the same things as our earth we come from the earth and it's such this it's like this beautiful just fully connected place that we are in so our thoughts our ideas all of those things are what is considered consciousness and we also have that kind of energy on our planet so from earth's surface out to the geosynchronous orbit i'm gonna say that again geosynchronous orbit which is 22,000 miles overhead, the whole planet glows with information. So that is this, it's almost like an aura that the earth gives out and it's all the information. It's all of the thoughts that are created into waveforms that come from our planet and kind of pulsate around our whole planet, which is just such an interesting thing to think of. So... There's this concept that was coined by the paleontologist Pierre Tillard de Chardin. I'm going to write that in the show notes so that you can look him up. He's a really interesting person. So he came up with this idea of the new sphere or the noosphere. It's spelled N-O-O-S-P-H-E-R-E. And... It's this really, it's this idea of the earth having a consciousness. And it's really that, you know, through evolution, the planet is going to evolve to create the best case scenario and the best outcomes for itself. That's kind of the idea behind this new sphere. So Pierre Tillard de Chardin he was uh, equal part scientist and a mystic. So he was a paleontologist, but he was also a pastor, a priest. Um, and he, his life is really interesting. He kind of did so many different things. Um, so he looked across Earth's history and saw the critical transitions Earth made billions of years ago from a dead planet to a world dominated by life. So the biosphere. And as a mystic, he really believed that the next step was going to take us from a mindless biosphere to a world ruled by intention, by the mind. Now, I really think that the world was always this mind. I think the universe has its own consciousness, but we'll get into more of that later. But yes, he believed that through evolution that we're going to move from this mindless, material, physical thinking world to a world ruled by our intention and the mind. And evolution, he claimed, was taking us toward what he refers to as the noose sphere. So noose is the Greek word for mind, and that's where he got the word from. And it's this global unity of consciousness It's a thinking sphere circulating the earth from above the biosphere, which would comprise all human reflection, consciousness, souls, and love. So to me, I think it really gets into that concept of, of oneness, 
you know, the, the thinking mind of the planet and the thinking mind of ourselves and we're always adding to it. It's almost like this consciousness is a big, huge ocean. And the earth is also a drop within this ocean, but it's also the ocean. And our thinking minds were also a drop within that ocean. So when it rains and we are that drop of water that goes into the ocean, it then all becomes one within the ocean. And <laughs> yeah, that's kind of a way that I can understand it. But let's go on to more about uh, who Pierre is. So Pierre Tillard de Chardin, I didn't say his name properly, but that's okay. <laughs> I tried. Was a Jesuit paleontologist. He was born in uh, 1881. And he really used his whole life to work to understand the evolution and faith and how they were connected. Um, so during his lifetime, he fully participated in a life that included priesthood, living and working on the front lines of war during World War I, uh, field work exploring the early origins of the human race, and adventurous travels of discovery in the backlands of China. So he actually spent about 20 years um, in China doing field research, connecting with different uh, communities, learning everything that he could about different uh, theologies and our connection place in the universe and all of that. Um, he also participated fully in an intellectual life through the development of his imagination, mystical writing, so he did a lot of writing on evolutionary nature and the world and the cosmos. So he really was that perfect mix of science and mystic. Um, yeah, so he came up with this idea of this new sphere and later on a lot of people kind of use that concept to explain the idea of the internet so here comes the internet in the 90s and in a way it's kind of like a new sphere no sphere and it's the idea that you know technology can be used to create that one consciousness we're always adding to this internet we're all connected by it and it's that digital linked planetary membrane of thought and that's kind of what people have considered this you know way that we can see this concept coming into life is through the internet through um the sharing of information, the the conscious mind, and how it, you know, affects our, our planet, like things that we, for example, like things that we learn on the internet might take us to a different part of the world where our impact in the soil of this other place then, you know, impacts that community and, and just all of our connection within that and how much access we have to information how much knowledge and that contributing of knowledge and and putting more knowledge into this internet new sphere now there was another concept that came about in um about 40 years ago 
So there were two scientists, James Lovelock and Lynn Margillis, who developed their famous Gaia hypothesis, which claimed that the biosphere had hijacked the planet for its own ends. <laughs> so basically, the Earth has taken over and Gaia is doing everything to preserve the planet and the Earth and our, and our place in all of it. So from a Gaian perspective, living systems on Earth as a whole were capable of steering the planet toward conditions that were favorable to life. So it's still that evolutionary idea that the earth will do things to favor life, you know? Um, and, and you see that in, in biological evolution where things are disposed of that are no longer working and we evolve to uh, sustain life past certain diseases and all these things that are put into place to continue the human race and to evolve the planet to take care of itself and in a way it's like it's like we're in this universal pause and it's this way that Gaia once again is healing itself and and taking care of itself so I think right now we're in this kind of earth consciousness moment that we can actually see in a real way so in the in the central premise of the Gaia hypothesis the biosphere was kind of a thermostat keeping planetary conditions in an optimal range for the maintenance of the biosphere so Lovelock and Margulis gave their theory the moniker Gaia because that was the Greek goddess of the earth Gaia while the mythical connection delighted some, it, it irked many scientists who saw the whole concept as imparting too much purpose into processes that had none. The explicit scientific version of the Gaia hypothesis is life creates planetary feedbacks that are good for life. And it's still contested. So I love that. The Gaia hypothesis, life creates planetary feedbacks that are good for life, which is such a beautiful thing. And I think we can see this in terms of if we're talking about global warming and, and everything that's happening, our own consciousness, our own actions are contributing to the raising of the, of the Earth's temperature of our global warming through our conscious actions because we're all a part of that oneness our actions have a direct relationship to the planet and its functions and in the same way our planet Gaia our mother earth is also reacting to those you know implications and that can come in in various different ways it can come in storms natural disasters um a virus, so many different things because the earth is reacting to these elevated temperatures and we're all a part of that earth experience. So our human race, our communities are going to be impacted on a physical way through the reaction 
it's a it's a give and take it's like what we do to our planet is what we do to ourselves because we are not separate from it we're all a part of it so even without asking if planets are literally alive we can ask meaningful questions about life and planets co-evolving so even if scientists you know disregard this idea that the planet is alive and has its own mind and consciousness there's no denying that we have this co-evolution this co-evolving going on this connection this um this kind of like what we do to the planet then come back come comes back to us and in another kind of more spiritual way to think about it what is going on in the inside of us our thoughts our feelings our internal emotions are reflected back to us we are seeing that manifested within our reality because thoughts are thoughts are real things in this concept of conscious mind so the thoughts that we're thinking the feelings that we're thinking can impact and create the visions and the and the world that we see around us um, and this has been proven when, when they've done, you know, mass meditations across the world and they've seen the uh, energy shifting within the planet from that. And when they do the, the mass meditations and, you know, loving thoughts and vibrations within certain communities and how crime rates go down and, and all those things. And you can see this within um, the idea of the placebo effect and a lot of Dr. Joe Dispenza's work and it's just these beautiful reminders and, and scientific you know understandings of all of these you know spiritual concepts so we don't have to ask if the planets are literally you know become conscious in order to ask how their evolution changes when a dominant species develops certain kinds of technologies and that's what we're seeing right now you know and that is particularly important point to consider as we enter this so-called Anthropocene. I'm going to say that again. Anthropocene. <laughs> An era where humans become the dominant force on the Earth system. And like I was saying, our actions are directly affecting the health of our planet and the feedbacks that we're getting from the planet because we're all within the same. So we're in this time where humans have become the dominant force on the Earth's systems, which is really cool. So I want to get more into this idea of Earth consciousness from a more spiritual perspective and historical perspective. So I'm going to get into some conce concepts right now. Um, I'm going to talk about more about the Earth consciousness, uh, living energy systems on the Earth, Earth's chakras, and ley lines, which is all very interesting concepts. I hope you're still with me. <laughs> this is for all the people who are really into science and mysticism and want to learn a little bit more about our place in it all, our place in the universe. So back to this concept of earth consciousness. So what the indigenous people knew and what guided their actions can really be summed up into one specific quote that I found. Um, and this is all resources that I found online. 
um, which I'm going to link at the bottom of the show notes so that you can read more about it. And I've definitely, you know, paraphrased and kind of read off of some things that I've been researching, just so you know that it wasn't all <laughs> rewritten, but I've used a lot of the concepts and I've, I've read from some of the resources that I have, but I'm going to link them all um, below so you can have access to it and you know where it all comes from. So back to this idea of the indigenous people, um, the Native Americans, the, you know, the people who are connected to the, the planet and this quote spoken by, um, it says, Chief Seattle. And he said, Man did not weave the web of life. He's merely a strand of it. Whatever he does to the web, he does to himself. And that quote, um, you know, has been used in environmental activism and that kind of awareness and respect for Native American cultures and their connection to the planet and their rights and how much they are stewards of the earth and peacemakers and protectors. And they really understand this connection that we have. You know, everything that we do, we're part of this web. We are the drop in that whole ocean of consciousness. So what we do to ourselves, what we do internally, what we do to the planet, how we think, all of our actions, every little thing has this ripple effect and has this connection to the rest of our planet. So even if it's like the simplest act that you may think that doesn't hold, you know, a lot of value into, you know, shifting our planet forward, it really does. It's all of us coming together. It is, you know, every time you have more positive thoughts, every time you choose a plant-based meal, every time you choose to walk instead of drive like every little action that you can take to help protect our earth and all the choices that you make and you know where you buy your your products and everything that you do on a daily basis adds up over your lifetime and is that connection is that way for us to show reverence to the planet and really be a part of it all and really shift the way that we're getting that feedback from the earth and the things that you know are happening so once again that quote was man did not weave the web of life he is merely a strand of it whatever he does to the web he does to himself so whatever we are doing to the planet we're doing to ourselves and it's this call to you know, awareness to this acknowledgement that, you know, a person's individual transmission is reflected in the whole. Every thought, every behavior, every action of each person creates this piece, this, this fabric within earth consciousness. And we are all this vibration in this collective. So I thought that was really beautiful. So let's get into what the living energy systems of the earth are and what that means. So the earth 
has its own energy structures just like a human. So we can think of humans as having auras and chakras and uh, meridians and different energetic systems within our body. Well, the earth has its own as well. Um, Once again, the indigenous people were very aware of the earth's energies. We have so many, you know, historical connections to beautiful monuments placed in what was believed to be the higher energetic points within the planet. So it, it really is believed that as the human has these different chakras, these different energetic points, so does our planet. So we have these heightened energy systems in places like Stonehenge, for example, or the pyramids, um, you know, the Machu Picchu. Um, All these beautiful, you know, temples and structures and things that were built to really harness that energy to show uh, reverence and connection to that energy and just beautiful examples in a real like physical way to show that connection to the spiritual and this awareness of the earth's energy. So let's get into chakras. Chakras, uh, just like the different chakras within the body, they're considered different chakra places in the planet. And I don't know exactly how they came up with where they are, but people really believe that these energy places, these vortices are in very specific places. And I'll, I'll tell you the actual places for each chakra And there are some, like, you know, differentiations. There's other ideas that people have. But this is kind of like the the standard, you know, chakra zones that I found. So the root chakra is considered to be in Mount Shasta, which is in California. The sacral chakra is in Lake uh, Titicaca in Peru. The solar plexus chakra is in Uluru and Katatiuta, which is the red rock of Australia in the northern region. The heart chakra is Glastonbury in the UK. People also believe that the heart chakra is in Maui in Hawaii, which I've been to Maui and I can definitely feel that the heart chakra would be energetically there. It is a force. It is <laughs> it is quite the experience to go to Maui. Okay, so the throat chakra is the Great Pyramid of Giza in Egypt. The third eye chakra is considered to be mobile by Kuhn. Um, so the person that came up with this. Uh, and what else? Oh, the crown chakra is Mount Kailas in the Tibet Himalaya mountains. So that's kind of like a standard of what people believe that the different chakra places are in the world. And there are some differentiations and people think differently, but that's just what is believed. And it's this idea that, you know, energy is streaming into the earth through 
the Earth's aura and can be grounded to the planet through this chakra system. So energy coming into Earth and then really grounded to these portals and and there's even so much more to, to this like this idea of vortices the vortex energy I went to Sedona Arizona and that is considered a vortex place on the planet and I can honestly say that there is an energy there like you feel different and it could also like sometimes I think like because so many people so many spiritualists have come to that area and their collective consciousness has contributed to this heightened energy and this higher vibration and this like belief and thought placed into place and all the canyons and the natural beautiful wonders that are there contribute to this like energetic vortex energy but I can definitely say that I experienced really mystical experiences there and had so much energetic connection and feeling of groundedness and higher vibration um everything that we would speak out loud would manifest for pretty much instantly it was just this beautiful experience and it's one of those things that you have to kind of go there to really experience that if you want to listen to more of my travels through that area you can go to the very first episode of this podcast where Uh, Me and my friend Elise, who was an energy healer, we went on this beautiful road trip, this camper van trip through the American Southwest, and we go through Arizona, we went all throughout uh, Mexico, New Mexico, and Colorado and Utah, so you can check that out. But there was definitely vortex energy there. So let's get into this idea of ley lines. If you've ever heard of ley lines, um, it's this other kind of you know, energy that can be found within the universe. So just like we have our own energy centers or chakras, Mother Earth, you know, has hers. And when you start looking into the nature of the universe and the Earth, you will start to see how everything is a mirror. So within us is a universe. Around us is the universe. And we were all connected. So through this connection, um, there's this subtle electrical current that runs around the planet so these currents are also known as ley lines so it's kind of like the earth's veins so you know how you know within our own bodies we have veins that are bringing blood to different parts of our body it's that energy it's that blood flow and it is believed that you know everything within us because we are part of this universe we are the universe is also found within our planet so they're called ley lines and they're the veins and the electrical connection points so it's bringing energy throughout our whole world so just like we have veins that flow in and out of our heart mother earth has the ley lines which are lines of energy that coil around the earth and are in similar fashion to a strand of DNA. So it's believed that these ley lines, when they intersect, have a really high point of energy. So when they have their intersections and crosses, and that's where you get beautiful ley line energetic places. So I guess that's kind of like connected to the vortices and all that energetic um, heightened beautiful vibration that you can feel 
are considered to be on these like ley line points. And they're said to be able to basically carry information. So they take information in an energetic form from these high vibrational points and they carry them throughout the world and they're spreading that knowledge. And you can think of that same thing as, as like the internet creating these links and we can find information from anywhere around the world and connect it to other people in the, around the world. So that's this concept of ley lines of these energetic veins that are bringing information from one place in the world to the next. Okay, so going back to this idea of uh, ley lines and this energetic places, and that's where it's considered, you know, to be these higher energetic portals and where these ancient civilizations have created things like the Egyptian pyramids and Machu Picchu and Stonehenge and Angkor Wat. And um, they're also called different things in different cultures. So in... China they are known as dragon lines in South America the shamans refer to them as spirit lines which I really love in Australia the ancient aboriginals called them dream lines I love that and in the west they are referred to as ley lines so I'm talking about the ley lines so there you have it that's you know all the information that I gathered about this concept of earth consciousness our whole connection to it all different you know information about vortices and the earth's chakras and auras and all these beautiful scientific concepts mixed in with mysticism for you on this beautiful earth day so if you have any questions about this podcast episode, if you want to talk more about this concept of earth consciousness, if you have information that you want to give me about it, send me an email over at Anna at pangamoon.com and I'll definitely chat with you all about this. I, um, I also found a lot of this information on the, this like show called Cosmos like I guess the revised one with Neil deGrasse Tyson I was watching it the other day um some beautiful podcasts that I've been finding so yeah I'm thinking of doing a new series a new solo episode series all about aliens and different alien stories so anyone who are you know interested in that topic please send me an email I would love to hear if that's something that you want me to dive into and do more research I've been listening to this amazing podcast all about this one specific story and I think there's so many cool stories that we can get into here on the podcast and it will really help with my own research for my own you know film project that I'm working on so I was been really drawn to that concept and have been doing so much research so I thought that could be a cool series that we can bring onto the podcast because you know I love all of my mystical talks here on Topanga Moon everything goes and I want to bring more of those kind of wild conversations that you might not be able to hear on other podcasts I want to bring them here and this is really that you know conversation that you would hear out in the desert um just the wildest topics the most spiritual the most complex the most scientific that I can you know bring to you onto this platform is what I want to do so also I have a patreon if you haven't checked it out you can see it on my website right at the bottom of the 
main page of my website. I am on Patreon and I'm trying to create more of this community and just bring more amazing content and beautiful information for you on that. So you can check out my Patreon page. Um, thinking of revising the YouTube channel, I'm going to see, I'm going to see how the whole van living thing kind of conspires over the next little while. <laughs> so we'll see about that. Um, so yeah, that's everything. I hope you have a really beautiful day. I hope you enjoy Earth Day and do a ritual tonight. I'm going to have a ritual for you on the Topanga Moon website, on the blog, a new, totally new um, ritual for Mama Gaia, Mama Earth. It's all about Earth Day. It's celebrating our beautiful mother and our beautiful planet. So I hope you have a beautiful day. Bye.